When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to a Better Late Than Never, part two of the Irish Rugby Depth Chart series here on the Kalon S Rugby podcast. A little bit delayed, but eventually getting it out this week and Today we're going to look at the back line. We've talked about the forwards. We've had some pretty much mainly positive reaction, I must say. Some some negative. The, the word depth chart, it is one of those ugly words you, you kind of associate it with. You won't believe who is ahead of X in our ranking. Kind of, you know, all that baity stuff. But this is, I think this is comprehensive. I think this is fair. Yeah, I'm only one man. I'm probably going to forget the odd person, but... Hopefully not, especially hopefully not on, on this being a second part, second by the cherry. As I said, we will be looking at Ireland's backline this evening. And I think it's one that is going to remain largely unchanged unless there's some serious injury travails or players departing the nation, which it's hard to see. Yeah, there's a couple of guys who are of that age, but it's it's very unlikely that we will see it. And we'll start with scrum half. So for Ireland, I, th- I think it's the top two, I think, are, are very fair. People who give out about order or they give out about number three. I'll just go by number one. So again, the rules, we start with core players, fringe players, then the more useful prospects. Your core guys are the guys you expect to be nailed on if a squad is nailed, named tomorrow based on you know previous squads and things like that. The fringe guys are kind of your everyone else, trying to include a couple of guys who've already been capped in particular, and then your your young prospects goes without saying. The order that I have it is kind of the order that I see it personally. It doesn't always necessarily mean that's what way Ireland will go, because you know, you look at here, Murray had to give some bark. Can't say Ireland are gonna go that way. You also, you know, could make a case for it. And I I will do that and, and so on and so forth. We'll start with, so the three score, th- core scrum halves that I have before we begin, actually. Apologies. If you do want to watch this on YouTube, it is over on the Kalon Ice Ruby podcast YouTube channel. If you are on YouTube, hello. 
lot of people will be tuning in via podcast, however. So firstly, with the scrum half position, my core lads, I've gone with Connor Murray, number one, James Gibbs Park, number two, and Craig Casey, number three. All three of those are going to feel somewhat controversial. I feel like there's a cohort, definitely smaller cohort than what it would have been in recent years, who would probably try and retire Connor Murray and say, well, he's not going to be there in four years, so end of story. He's, what, 34 years of age, so he's finished. But I think what we've seen from Connor Murray in the last year and a half is that his experience is invaluable. It is absolutely invaluable. I thought he had a very, very good World Cup. I think he was, even in his limited cameos, I think he was Ireland's best scrum half at the World Cup. And I think he has been Ireland's best scrum half kind of in 2023 as a whole. Um, and that is me saying James Gibbs Park was injured. And that does have a knock-on effect as well, as good as he was. I feel like Conor Murray was, was very good. And Conor Murray is very important for Ireland. And, you know, he was coming into the World Cup in case we lost Johnny Sexton, which we didn't. But he is now because we're in that post-Johnny Sexton world. And we've seen how well Sexton teamed up with Gibson Park. Well, we don't know how Gibson Park and Crowley would team up, for instance. So maybe Conor Murray has an even better chance of regaining that starting position. And I just think that experience, that composure, that game management is is almost underrated, even for a guy who's, who gets thrown around as being laboriously slow and old and a kick-heavy player or whatever. He reads the game super well. He always has done. I think that's where the bench role has kind of suited him because he's been able to come in to Ireland squads and just slot right in. And, you know, it could be 20 minutes to go and he will have, he'll find his way into the game. And then you notice, you know, maybe accuracy has gone up or we've gone a little bit more kick heavy because he's noticed something. And that's kind of what you want from, you know, a guy with over 100 caps if he's going to be on the bench. Jameson Gibson Park, if you do move Murray into that number nine jersey again and Gibson Park to the bench, you would be looking for that tempo off the bench. You're looking for someone to to speed things up a small bit and to try and really put a game to bed. I'm never one to talk about, you know, you need guys who can chase a game off the bench because you don't actually want to be in that position. You know, especially in international rugby, the guy who can see it home for you is going to be a better option on off the bench more more often. I have Murray 1, Gibson Park 2, more of a reflection on now. I think if, you know, come six nations time, I think Gibson Park will get his, would be in the starting berth, not getting it back. He, he hasn't lost it, but I think he will be in the starting berth. I think Murray will bench behind him. And then I have Craig Casey number three because there's no reason to think that Craig Casey isn't number three. You know, he's been in plenty of Ireland squads. He's captained a midweek team. He is a brilliant leader. He's a brilliant trainer. He's brilliant around the camp. He is a very talented scrum half. I think something that could be thrown at him in early URC rounds is, does he look a little bit off the pace? It's like, well, he hasn't played a lot of rugby. Um, Going back to whatever time, you know, going back as far as May, even, even though he kind of played more than, than Connor did in, in the later part of the season, but he has missed a lot of time and it is normal. And we see it, especially after World Cups, it, there's no exact science. Some players are just going to be a little bit slower to get grasp of things, and some players are going to take to it like a duck to water. If Craig is in the the first batch, so be it. Doesn't you know? It doesn't really bother me. I still think he's ahead for the reasons I've stated. Like he's a leader. He is 
as well the fact that Ireland now look to be potentially going to Jack Crowley as their 10 and we'll get into that in a minute that is a combination that is tried and trusted and works at provincial level and we've seen provincial calls provincial combinations being crucial in Ireland selection before so I think if there's a good reason for it to be crucial again and you know Casey and Crowley have been really good together as as a combination I think they, they kind of get the best out of each other the fringes then Keelan Blade Keelan Blade don't know which way he pronounced it Nathan Doak I have Paddy Patterson in next um, we'll get to that in a minute then go with Luke McGrath and John Cooney Blade was Ireland's fourth choice scrum half in the World Cup warm-up squad I think it's fair to put him there people say no he's number three but he is 29 years of age and Gibson or Craig Case has been in the squad for quite a while I don't think you can assert or insert Blade straight in just because of a couple of of URC games um, maybe come December we might have a different view, as as I said in the first episode. Nathan Doak then behind. He hasn't been in Ireland squads. He was on the Emerging Ireland tour. He hasn't been in Ireland squads. He doesn't have a game that really suits Ireland. He's probably the slowest of the nines of the top six. I think he's kind of pace-wise. Temp- tempo is probably a better word. He's probably alongside maybe Luke McGrath. It's more of a reflection on how Ulster play. But if he wants to make that step up to Ireland... He's got to prove that he can either be the incredible, accurate leader, not even a petty general nine, but just he needs to be either Conor Murray or Jameson Gibson Park, you would imagine, and he's neither. Um, he doesn't have Conor's experience or accuracy experience, obviously, because he's about 13 years younger or 12 years younger, and accuracy, I feel like he's not the most accurate scrum half the world. Very accurate kicker, passing box kicking not as sharp and again he's young he'll, he'll improve these fundamental skills over time there's no doubt about that um playing a bit of 10 growing up has probably impacted certain parts of his game and you know that's that's normal the the guys who who tend to play every position usually have one glaring thing in their game and you know Doak doesn't have that he just has a couple of of down points that I think would have him behind four very, very, very good options, which is the other side of it. I have Paddy Patterson in at six. The reason is, if my estimation is be correct, predictions be correct, I think Conor Murray will retire at the end of this year or he might leave Ireland at the end of this year. So Paddy Patterson is very likely going to be Munster's number two or possibly Munster's number one. I think he's he's shown last year in particular that he is well able, well capable to step up to Heineken Cup level, top URC level games. There's no real clear step down when you got um, Paddy Patterson in the Munster squad. And like Luke McGrath, John Cooney, it's unlikely they'll force their way back in. Just if we kind of base previous selections, I don't think McGrath's been in a Farrell squad. Cooney... I think the fact that he was toying with going to Scotland, I don't think that's going to sit well. I don't think that's a player that Ireland are going to are going to wheel back in because of it. Because you have to remember as well, you know, squads are not just form. There is a collection of things, and kind of you know, you you do have to weigh up these these things. You know, John Cooney's a little bit older; he's in his thirties. He was going to go off and play for Scotland. Like, are you going to run back to him? I don't know. Maybe if his form is very good, maybe Ireland will. I just don't see it. 
I don't see that as being a, a decision that the Irish coaching staff are going to put themselves into. And then for the youth, I think this is where it's really exciting because Finton Gunn, brilliant at under 20s level alongside um, Sam Prendergast this, this year in 2023. Cormac Foley, then Ethan Cochran, then Ben Murphy is how I have it. Foley was a very good young player and is, is really starting to show up for Leinster in recent weeks. Ethan Cochran, good young player, has really improved for Munster. Um, seen him last year. He had a lot of frailties, decision-making, speed, accuracy. But he's really stepped it up. He's really, really stepped it up um, in the early parts of the season. And he's going to struggle to get minutes, but that's kind of why he's in the mid-range of these guys because from himself, Ben Murphy, Matthew Devine, very few of them are going to get a lot of minutes. But they're good players. Ben Murphy will get probably three or four games for Leinster this year and he'll get a chance to show that he's he's a talented player who's good at 20s level again and probably in my opinion people disagree I think Matthew Devine is probably the best nine we've had at under 20s level in recent years um, a part of the 2022 Grand Slam winning squad his brother on the 2023 Grand Slam winning squad and he'll be mentioned later on and the only reason I don't have Myers is because I don't see him getting too many games for Connacht yet because he's only, I believe, in year two of the academy, um, as as in full, and they have Keenan Blade there, they have Colin Riley there. If injuries happen, like I think he make his debut this year, and maybe if there's injuries, or if he gets a bolt to form, maybe he bursts in. But I don't see it just yet. It's the only reason I have him there because I don't think he'll break in. Like to recap, going Murray, Gibson, Park, Casey, Blade, Doak, Patterson, McGrath, Cooney. Gunn, Foley, Coughlin, Murphy, Devine. I think that's a really good position group for Ireland. Even if the top two guys are two of the oldest guys, a lot of quality there. We'll move on to out half, and I've gone for the big one. Big call. Um, I've gone with Jack Crowley at number one, Ross Byrne number two. I don't think you can stray away from the fact that Ireland entered a World Cup um, prep cycle, I think you could call it. Uh, you know, warm-ups training with Byrne as the number two man behind Johnny Sexton. And they left France with Crowley as the number two. You can't move away from that. Um, And again, it kind of ties into my earlier point. They didn't go for Crowley because, well, if we need to chase a game, that's just not the case. You know, they went for Crowley because he's probably playing better rugby and showing more training. And that's what I'd heard. It's what I've heard the last two pre-seasons, actually, that he's trained the house down. Um, I heard when he came back to Munster when he was allowed to go back to train and he just bounced right back in there. I think he's that kind of character. I think there was an awful lot of rubbish said about him um, by kind of the same three or four talking heads in Ireland. But, you know, you want to throw game management at him? He's done that. You want to throw not winning big games? He's done that. Um, controlling, you know... His halfbacks, his centers, his backline, he's well able to do that. He's physical, he's agile. I think we've I think we've got a, a real talent there. Why do I have him as number one? I mean, I think he's playing the best rugby at the moment. I like we're obviously coming off the back of the Stormers games. So that's kind of where he's benefited because he wasn't as good against Ulster. But I thought you couldn't have asked for more from him against the Stormers. His variation of kicking his intensity, how he took the hits, how he directed the backline where Munster 
stayed on scheme and on brand, but also had to mix it up and, and kind of pin the Stormers back because the Stormers had no interest in playing rugby. So if Munster could keep them pinned back, they were going to gain field position, you know, and I think he, he showed great variety in how he did it. And I was a big fan of, of his performance. I haven't been there. I haven't watched it back as well. Ross Burnett, number two, still a very good backup to have. Um, If you go back to that point about halfbacks, you want halfbacks who can see out a game and control a game. Ross Byrne has that. There's no doubt about it. He's got the, the big game mentality. And most of Ireland's centre choices, Um, you look at Henshaw, you look at Osborne, you look at Frawley, you look at Ringrose, he'll have played alongside them. And that's and that's huge. You know, there's, it's one of those things that gets talked about, but probably doesn't get talked about enough. So Crowley won, Byrne two. I have Joey Carberry at number three. Granted, he's injured now. We're hoping to maybe see him back around December, January time. So you never know. I've gone with Harry Byrne, then Jack Cartage, and JJ Hanner, and then Billy Burns. That is going to be a list that just fluctuates. I feel like you could do this particular bracket every single week and you'd have a different answer. Carberry's injured at the moment. Harry Byrne is going to, he could get a run against Munster at the weekend. He also may not, and he could be staring at a, a few weeks without playing any rugby. Jack Carty is Connacht captain, but JJ Hanron played in the win over the Sharks. Carty is likely to come back in for the Bulls game. Hanron, as I said, you know, played that Sharks game, played well, has been brilliant at Connacht, and Burns then just behind them, internationally capped, as is Carty. Going one by one, I just have Carberry ahead. I, if I was naming Iron Squad today and everyone's fit, I'd go with Carberry as the number three because I feel like we already don't have a lot of test experience there anyways. So if you go with someone like a Prendergast or even like a Jake Flannery, I feel like you're you're putting an, a bit more pressure on the existing guys. Um, That's why I would have no harm. I would see no harm in just maybe going with Joey just for now. And, you know, we're going to have A-games. Like, why not have an A-game where you have Nathan Doak, Fintan Gunn, Sam Prendergast, Charlie Tector, Jake Flannery, or whoever playing in those games. Like, that that would be huge for them as well. Like, <laughs> you know, um, Harry Byrne behind Joey. Again, internationally capped. Again, he's he's going to get minutes at Leinster. I do see him push out into centre from time to time. I'm not a big fan of him there. But, you know, I, I think it's fair to put him where he is. The Carty Hanron one, I think, is the one that's really going to fluctuate. I think Connacht are going to really chop and change there despite Jack being captain because JJ is just taken to life in Galway really well. He's he's found a team that plays a brand of rugby that suits him that have been crying out for an 80% goal kicker. I mean, every team is crying out for it, but I feel like it's accentuated at Connacht because, you know, conditions are going to be a plus or minus 7-8% anyways. And JJ is one of the most reliable boots in the URC. And then Billy Burns, you know, he's last to the fifth don't know if he's going to be starting for Ulster going forward. I don't see him getting back into an Ireland squad. You never know. He could have a revival now that he's been pushed, which is something we, we kind of asked of Dan McFarland to to let Ulster do and let them have a big competition. Sam Prendergast leads the lines in the young category, the youthful prospects. I think that's fairly obvious. He's, to some people, the anointed one who should be getting capped by Ireland. To others, 
a very good under-20s player who will go through the ranks and be an artist squad fairly soon. I would have him in the middle of those two um, divides. I think he's an unbelievable talent. I wouldn't race him into an Ireland squad because I, I don't see the need to race lads into an Ireland squad where you could just, you know, you could do a developmental squad. You could bring in an A squad of about 15 players um, if you wanted, or 12 guys like they did in the autumn and go from there. I'd have no problem with doing that. I just feel like, especially in a position like 10, there's kind of the whole Sexton circus that, you know, can be talked about in terms of captaincy, in terms of, you know, scrum half, out half. Maybe it would be no harm um, just to keep Sam out of the limelight. And the same could be said for Jack Crowley. I just think Crowley's at the stage now where we kind of have to stop talking about him like he's 22 years of age and start talking about him, or sorry, 23, start talking about him like an international 10 because he's proven that he is. Um. Prendergast is still only 20 and as good as he is you know there's no harm with going through the different checkpoints as well Um, because he will be in green anyways very very soon it doesn't it doesn't matter whether we get him in to train before the France game in the first week in February or whether we wait until the summertime or November or whenever because he's going to be in green in 2024 more than likely, if he says fit, so a few months isn't isn't a huge difference. I've Jake Flannery next. I've been really impressed with Flannery at Ulster this this season. He's bossing things. He is. He looks composed. He does not look like a lad who's played more AIL minutes than senior minutes in in the last what like two seasons in particular. I've been very happy with him. I think he's Ulster's number one in terms of form and in terms of going forward, but I can see them reverting to type and going back to Billy Burns. Charlie Tector's at number three. He's injured at the moment, I believe. So I'd still have him, like I have him ahead of Tony Butler, who it was ahead of at under 20 level. But both are very exciting talents. A little bit different. Tector's your more typical 10. Butler's your more flashy 10. But Butler played against the Dragons down in Cork. First Munster starting looked really, really good. Um, so again, it's a position where you can look at it and say there's a lot of unproven quality there. You could say there's not one proven, like fully proven player on that list. But there's also, you know, Tony Butler's only 21, Charlie Tector's 21, Jake Flannery's 24, Sam Prendergast is 20, Harry Byrne is 25, I think, Joey Carberry 27, maybe, not 100% sure, um, Jack Crowley 22, 23. They're young lads. They're going to grow into it. And by the time, you know, Jack Crowley turns 30, there's going to be someone else as well. Or by the time Sam Verdigas turns 20 wide, there's going to be someone else who impressed at under 20s level because our our model is, is very good at the moment. Just to, to recap, actually, so it's Jack Crowley 1, Ross Byrne 2 in the core system. Fringe, I've gone with Joey Carberry, Harry Byrne, Jack Carthy, JJ Hanron, Billy Burns, and youth, Sam Verdigas, Jake Flannery, Charlie Tector, Tony Butler. We'll move on to Intel's Center next. And like all good podcasters, I'm going to take a drink mid sentence. And I'm back. <laughs> so, hi to everyone on YouTube for watching. <laughs> the core list, I think, is fairly obvious in terms of who's there. 
for people on YouTube, they're probably already shaking their heads and wondering what excuse I'm going to come up with. I've gone with Bundy at one. I've gone with Sean McCluskey at number two, and I've gone with Robbie Henshaw at number three. And that mainly is form. I think Bundy undeniably won the best players at the World Cup, if not the best player at the World Cup. Um, I, I don't think you can argue that. Sean McCluskey, in my opinion, is that if having a career best patch of form, I thought he was incredible against Munster. Johnny McCormick of Opta put up the stat they as well as making 10-plus carries and 10-plus tackles, he also hit over 10 offensive rooks and over 10 defensive rooks. The man just doesn't stop. He's not a battering ram. He's not a one-trick pony. He is a well-rounded centre. And I've been very impressed with Stuart McCluskey of late. I think he suits what Ireland do as well because he carries with power, but he carries with intensity. And pace. He's well able to throw offloads, tip on passes, skip passes. I don't think there's there's a box that Short McCluskey doesn't take in terms of what Ireland are looking for. I feel like there's there's going to be a conversation at some stage this year in particular where someone I don't know who is gonna say, Well, McCluskey, we know what we're getting from him. Do we go with player X or player Y from the youth categories? Maybe the youth categories from the outside center one because I I I've noticed that's the obvious option is, but I think Sherman Kluski for me, I just have him ahead of Henshaw because he's just playing very very well and for me Henshaw he's had a lot of injuries of late he hasn't been able to find the same form of kind of two years ago at the Lions in particular, but the fact that he can play inside and outside center means he is going to be there thereabouts. You could see him. I think his central contract is up at the end of this year, so you could see him move on. And if that's the case, then you're looking at kind of Jamie Osborne as being our next 12 and 13 option. If so, fair enough. But uh, like, no matter who goes and starts at 12 out of Aki, McCluskey, Hinshaw, we're, they're not going to lose us a game. We already know that. Very few players on these lists are going to lose us a game. Definitely not those. The fringe guys, I have Kieran Foley, Carl Ford, Stuart Moore, David Hawkshaw, Tom Daly. There's outside centres to consider here before people jump the gun. I think Foley just gets the nod for me because I suppose he's he's been capped. He's been in an awful lot of Ireland squads. Do Ireland see him as a 10? Maybe. Do I see him as a 10? No. I think he's a good 12. I think he's potentially an internationally class 12 I'm not sure because I haven't seen him there um, and that's he hasn't played a big game for Leinster 12 he's played a lot of you know category B plus games for Leinster 12 and has looked very good there Carl Ford is the exciting young 12 at the moment because he's been sensational for Connacht um, like Frawley he will cover 10 he's got a huge boot in him like a behemoth of a boot I've watched him play since schools and he has kicked goals from halfway, even back then. Fantastic players called forward. I've struck more next. Moore, I'm a big fan of. I think he is a real versatile hybrid player that can just go anywhere, play anywhere. And, you know, 12, 15 is, is his preferred options. You get him on the ball, defensively solid, good kicking game, great passer. Very sharp attacker. I I really like Stuart Moore, but I don't see him breaking into the Ireland squad as a centre at the moment. 
maybe they're being open at, at, at not at out half at fullback. You don't know. But I think that's almost more likely at the moment, which is, it feels mad to say. But either way, I'm I'm happy with, with more um, as being another option. David Hawkshaw I have next. He hasn't started a game for Connacht this season yet, if I, if memory serves me right. But has been on the bench for maybe four games now or three games now. Been sharp. He's he's coming back from injury. He's not going to hit the heights he hit last year. But last year was very good at 12. I think his initial bulk of form followed by Carl Ford's run of form showed that Connacht's game was more suited to a more ball-playing distributor at 12. Hawkshaw is exactly that. Ford is that and even more powerful. And they've been really, really good in recent years. I have Tom Daly then as, as the final fringe player. He's been in an Ireland squad before, but didn't get capped. But, you know, he played, what, two games this season? Connacht looked really, really good. Connacht's 12 stocks is, is very bright at the moment. And then the youth options, I've just narrowed it down to just John Devine, earned under 20 from this year, and Ben Brownlee, earned under 20 from either 22 or 21. 2022, 2021, not 100% sure. John Devine, again, like his brother Matthew, Grand Slam winner, probably won't get game time for Connacht, might get a debut this season, but that'll be the most fit. But I think what we've seen in Devine and Hugh Cooney, who we'll mention after Devine and Hugh Gavin or whoever, outs- like they gave Sam Prendergast and Finton Gunn, as well as with the Irish back row and the Irish half backs and whatever. An incredible platform to play from this year. Thought Devine was really, really good. He's, he has a bit of everything. Granted, I'm biased. Went to the same school. He's only a few years younger than me. But I think he has a bit of everything. Brownlee, I'm not as familiar with. I'll hold my hand up there. But another good centre. You know, played under 20s. I remember him slightly at under 20s and was, and was decent there as well. So to recap, for the number 12 position, Bundyaki as our number 112. I think that's Fair enough. Stuart McCluskey just ahead of Robbie Henshaw, who, of course, covers 13 as well. I've gone Kieran Frawley, Cahill Ford, Stuart Moore. Those three, the fact that they can play different positions, two of them in particular, playing a lot of fullback and Frawley and Moore. And then Ford, I think that little mix and match, kind of like the 10 position. Then I've gone with David Hawkshaw, Tom Daly, and then John Define and Ben Brownlee. And probably one of the players people will think I've... I was leaving out was Jamie Osborne. He's in the next category. The outside centers, just the one outside center in the core position. That's Gary Ringrose. I was tempted to put Henshaw here because he's played pretty much 50% of his Ireland caps under Andy Farrell at 13. But I just stuck him in at 12 because I think most people will see him as a 12. Leinster see him as a 12. And Ringrose is just so nailed on that anyone behind him is kind of playing for second fiddle at the moment um been good this year Gary Ringrose has had some incredible days and has had some less incredible but still very rock solid days of late and in a 13 jersey I think it's easy to conflate having a quiet game at 13 we're having a poor game at 13 but a poor game at 13 is horrendous It, it can cost you a game just being good and being decent and Gary Ringrose's average standard of good is still like a 7 out of 10, 7.5 out of 10 and that's more than good enough, you know, he's 
Ireland's defensive leader. He's Leinster's co-captain. He's a, a part of the leadership group with Ireland. He's a nailed-on starter. Can just move on, I think. I've gone with Jamie Osborne at 13. Of course, he goes and starts at 12 the last day alongside Gary Ringrose and could get the nod against Munster at, at 12. And if he does, then don't I look foolish? But I've gone with him as a 13. But he's he's the most hybrid of hybrid players we have in this entire thing. I've then gone with James Hume, then Antoine Frisch, Sean O'Brien of Munster and Liam Turner. Osborne, I think he'll be in the Ireland squad anyway by virtue of the fact that he's a good young player who's been in squads before who will have gotten more minutes at Leinster this year. And then from there, you know, he can play 12, 13, 15, maybe on the wing at a push. I I think he's just nailed down to be in the Ireland squad. I've got James Hume next because as much as everything he's been capped, he provides a good combination, a a great option alongside Stuart McCluskey. And I think he's started to come back to a bit of form after a, a slow enough season last year. Antoine Frisch then after that. Frisch looks like Munster's 13 now that they've signed um, Alex Nankerville. Antoine Frisch hasn't hit the ground superbly to start the season. But we've seen last year what he can do. He's suave. He's class. He has an offloading game. He's got a very good shutdown defensive game. Could see him in green. I don't see it happening, but we could see it. There's no doubt about it. And Munster Sean O'Brien is next. He's He was very good when he got his cameo with Connacht. He went to Exeter, kind of out of the Irish limelight, but now he's back at Munster. And if he, if he gets to a stage where he is usurped either Frisch or Nankavell, then we're probably at a stage where he is in an Ireland conversation of some sort because of obvious reasons. Um, Liam Turner, I've gone with next. Now, Liam Turner's kind of struggled for minutes um this season because they've gone with Osborne at 13 and then Ringrose came back in at 13. But good player that I was really impressed with last year when he got his chance and he could get his chance, you know, maybe against Connacht in two weeks' time, you know, maybe in across the, the Christmas period or across the Six Nations period and to remind us that he's a very good bright spark option in the future. The youth players then, Hugh Cooney, Jude Postlethwaite, Shane Jennings and Fionn Gibbons. I don't think you can say much more about those guys. Hugh Cooney, brilliant at under-20s level, probably the best of them, I think it's fair to say. Jude Postlethwaite, very good in a different way. Very powerful. Um, Cooney, powerful as well, but more, um, can I say, astute, I suppose, in, in kind of the service he was asked to do. Postlethwaite, very strong, very abrasive can see him as being the heir apparent to Stuart McCluskey's jersey. And when he eventually retires, that could be five years from now, though, to be honest. um, I think he's he's one to look out for. I'd like to see him get a couple of minutes with the Ulster this year, but with Hume and McCluskey and Stuart Moore and even the likes of, you know, Luke Marshall still there, it's going to be hard for him. It's going to be hard to see him get too many minutes, but hopefully he will. Shane Jennings then capped by Connacht last year. Remember coming off the bench, being very good against Edinburgh, I think it was in the sports ground. He can play on the wing. He can play fullback. I have him down as a 13. That's where he played his, his under 20s rugby. I think it's fair to put him there. Um, Connacht have, have good 13s anyway, so and good wingers as well, it should be said. 
but he's he's a bright player who I actually could have I kind of thought he'd go down the sevens route, especially early in his career, but he hasn't. He's he's still with Connacht and he'll probably get a couple of games this year. And then Fionn Gibbons, who may came on for Munster against I can't even remember now. Uh, was it the Dragons? I think I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure there. No, against the Sharks actually in in round one. I think it was. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But again, good at under twenties level. Powerful, powerful, tall guy. But he's he's going to be quite a bit down the back in order with Munster. Um, kind of like most of these guys are, especially for this year. Even Hugh Cooney, as good as he was, is quite a bit down the pecking order at Leinster. So to round up, Ringrose, Osborne, Hume, Frisch, O'Brien, Turner, Cooney, Postlethwaite, Jennings, Gibbons. That's my outside centre department. The wingers then. A lot of names here. Mac Hansen, James Lowe. Goes without saying. Mac Hansen, crucial to Ireland's game plan. James Lowe, probably even more important to Ireland's game plan, if we're being honest. I think Ireland have, have found two gems there. I think Mac was definitely a case of, of unearthing a gem and James Lowe was, was moulding one. Both have very important option, very important roles in the Ireland game plan from Mac's distributive role and his, you know, kind of short kicking game, you could say, in terms of, you know, chip and chase or, you know, Gary Owens that he's chasing for himself. James Lowe that long kicking game, more direct, more powerful, does come off his wing, but offers a, a powerful edge. And James Lowe, I think his number two at Ireland will be Jacob Stockdale because if you're looking for a big boot, you're looking for power, you're looking for a man who can beat you one-on-one, it's Jacob Stockdale. James Lowe is the same thing. I think that's kind of the way Ireland would be lining up. Granted, yeah, Jacob didn't go to the World Cup, for instance, but that doesn't mean he won't be back in the Ireland squad. Arguably the most informed club winger in Ireland over the last two years is Calvin Nash. He has an incredible edge to him. He refuses to die with the ball. He reminds me a bit of Andrew Conway in that, you know, so often we look at a winger who kind of evades out of contact with smart footwork. Calvin is just going to pick a line. He's going to not be sucked into running at bodies, but he is powerful. So when he does, he can. He still doesn't tend to go backwards. Rob Balakun is next. Balakun, who has been capped by Ireland, but many feel he hasn't got enough caps. For me, it's largely because of the way Ulster played. You know, he may as well have had his um his boots tied to the sideline because that was just how Ulster wanted him to operate, and it was a bit of a waste. Hopefully, we see them move away from that this year. We've kind of started to see it early season. But sometimes early season glimpses are not long, are not bigger picture ideas, unfortunately. Shane Daly is next. Shane has got a lot of minutes at 15 for Munster this year. I think he started all five games with Mike Haley, Patrick Campbell both being out. So, But I think he's, he's arguably one of the best defensive wingers in Ireland um, or one of the best defenders in the back three. Like he's he's... He's a very good ball handler. He picks his lines well. He's he's a, a suspiciously good runner. He's the kind of guy who you give him a ball with 10 yards of space, he'll make 12. 
and it may not look as impressive as when some guys do it, but he's still going to make 12 and 13 and 14 metres every time. And that's what you want. Jordan Armour is next. Once the prodigy of Ireland, now we don't know why he doesn't get a look in. I think he's just been deeply unlucky with injuries. Even when he's gotten a chance to get into the Leinster shirt and prove that he can, you know, get ahead of Jimmy O'Brien or stay ahead of Jimmy O'Brien, he's gotten injured at the wrong time. And when you're trying to prove that you're evolving into the role that a team wants you to play, it that's where it becomes um very difficult. Got Jim Kilgannon next, Tommy O'Brien, Andrew Smith. All three of those got early URC minutes. They're try scores, the three of them. They've got a bit of power. Um and unlikely to break into the squad. I think anyone who's going to be making the Ireland squad from the wing compartment is going to come from the top five or six names, seven names. But they're thereabouts. If they can have a strong season, maybe get a bit of luck with injuries, you never know. Then Hugh Gavin, brilliant under 20s. Shea, Shea McCarthy didn't have his best game for Munster against the Stormers, but he, again, brings a physical edge to proceedings, which I really like. And Audrey Osborne, I was a fan of his at under 20s, actually. That's why I put him in there. But unlikely to get a lot of minutes. So the wingers again, Matt Hansen, James Lowe. Neil, don't, don't think anyone can argue there. Jacob Stockdale, Calvin Nash, Robert Balakoon, they're my three who are just slightly ahead because I think they're going to be closer to, to selection. Jacob as a low prototype, Nash as probably a Mac prototype, and then Balakoon, probably his own prototype, Um, you could say. Shane Daly, hybrid option, can play fullback, could get back into an orange squad, previously capped under Andy Farrell back in 2020, I believe it was, but it's unlikely. Jordan Larmer, similarly, I think they they might just be overlooked, no matter how good the form is. Um, granted, Daly's form probably better than Larmer's at the moment, but you know when you add in the hybrid factor, Kilgallen, O'Brien, Smith need big years if they're going to get into the Green of Ireland this year. But three bright young-ish players, probably not young enough to be in the youth category. Then Hugh Gavin, Shane McCarthy, and Andrew Osborne. Fullback then is. It's obvious. It's Hugo Keenan, number one. Alongside Porter and um, I think Porter, Doris, Ringrose. They're the most nailed on guys. You could say maybe Ty Byrne or James Ryan or whoever, but obviously second was a little bit different. There's, there's two slots up to, for grabs there. Keenan, nailed on, safe as houses. Arguably the best 15 in the world. Had a brilliant World Cup. Jimmy O'Brien is a, a versatile option. Got that good left boot, can link up as a as a distributor, but a good option. And is he is he seen as a winger under Ireland? That's something I contemplated. I made this list, but I felt like he's probably being picked in squads as being the backup fullback. He's probably Hugo Keenan's backup. Um and then could get into match day squads then by virtue of his versatility. And the fact that he's a very good winger as well. Then I've got Mike Lowry, Mike Haley, Will Addison. I can't see any of those getting into an Ireland squad anytime soon. I think Lowry is being passed out by the likes of O'Brien, the likes of Shane Daly, possibly even a Stuart Moore at Ulster. Um, Jamie Osborne as well. Mike Haley, I'd love to see him back in an international shirt. But even just the fact that he's going to be injured until probably... Christmas time, give or take, makes it very hard to 
to see him squeezing back in. And Will Addison is, I believe, on the sidelines again. He could be back soon. It just looks like that spark is gone. He may have had one too many injuries, unfortunately, um, but hopefully not. We do hope he, he can recover and find it. The youth options have gone with Patrick Campbell, who, in my opinion, has been the best under 20s, 15 over the last couple of years. He took to pro rugby so well as well. That it's hard not to put him as number one of, of this list. Henry McAleen, big fan of him. And I've gone with Ben O'Connor next because although he may not have the under 20 honours, the fact that Munster were keen to lure him into rugby to keep him away from hurling. He was brilliant at school's level. Absolutely brilliant at school's level. Everyone in Cork will tell you that. Everyone in Cork will tell you that. Cork lads great anyways, but <laughs> he was brilliant there. I think there's a lot of excitement in Munster about about him and how good he could be. He's kind of one of the names that's been named alongside maybe like a, a Ruan Quinn, a Brian Gleeson, you know, the, the youngest of the young lads, um, Edwin Dagbo, but very highly thought of. And a, any three of those could could push on. Campbell is the most likely when he comes back because realistically Munster have the three nailed on guys of Haley, Nash, Daly after that then. There's plenty of chances for minutes. I think he he is next up if he's if he's fit. To recap, Hugo Keenan. Not much else we can say about him because he is probably the best in the world. Jimmy O'Brien have him down the fullback. Could be a winger. Toss of toss of a coin there. Whatever way you want to go, you can use it as a stick to beat me with if you want it. Or you know, Mike Lowry, Mike Haley, Will Addison, fringe guys who I can't really see getting in to be honest. And then Patrick Campbell. Henry McAleen, Ben O'Connor, three good young players. Campbell, brilliant. McAleen, brilliant under 20s. O'Connor, very highly thought of at schools and, and in the Munster Academy and had looked decent in his brief cameos for Munster as well. That, as you would imagine, is all we've time for tonight. My thanks to everyone for watching, for listening, for tuning in. I will be back. So I'll be back next week. We'll have a bit of a URC chat next week and then we're going to move on to Europe I have a a feature panel podcast to come looking at the Heineken Champions Cup before we preview the games themselves and you can also find me of course on the Red Army podcast but as always you can like, subscribe, comment tell a friend leave a review whatever tickets your fancy the KLNS Ruby podcast on both podcast form wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. I hope you've enjoyed this two-part series on Ireland's debt. Be sure to let me know how you thought, what you thought about it. And until next time, take it easy. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.